Hello and welcome to another ISIS Energy podcast. I'm Patrick Sykes. Now, the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline, which will double Russian export capacity to Europe, has divided opinion across the continent. I'm here with ISIS experts Emma Slowinski and Aura Sabados to discuss the latest developments and what we can expect next. So, Emma, I understand you've been following progress at the EU level. Can you fill us in on what's been happening? So, um, last summer, some obstacles to um, Nord Stream's um, startup began to, to emerge, really, uh, instigated by the European Commission, um, which, first of all, sought a negotiating mandate to um, deal directly with Russia over the operating terms for the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Um, then what the European Commission proposed was some amendments to the EU gas directive, which would extend the rules governing the internal market to export-import pipelines um, coming into the region. And um, the EU gas directive covers um, principally... Uh, well, well, the main issues that are applicable to this are unbundling, um, transparency and non-discriminatory third-party third access. So currently the European Commission is trying to get this, get these amendments signed off um, through the legislative process and um, the amendments have come under a lot of criticism from, from different areas. Um, first of all, uh, perhaps people pointing out that um, we've managed fine with import pipelines that do not have these principles applied to them so far. We're maybe creating unnecessary complexity and legal uncertainty where there wasn't any previously and it's felt I think by a lot of people that this is really an attempt just to strengthen the European Commission's hand in trying to achieve these direct negotiations and um, sort of bargaining power over how Nord Stream proceeds uh, and also uh, perhaps over the terms of um, transit over Ukraine, or not so much the terms, but trying to um, ensure that there is con- continued transit of gas via Ukraine, even when Nord Stream 2 um, starts up, which is a key concern, particularly for Ukraine, of course, but um, also for some other um, Eastern European countries. Okay, and are there any signs that those negotiations, direct negotiations, will begin in the near future? Well, no. So we're still at this stage where um, the Amendments are making their way through um, the process um, at the, the EU parliamentary level at the moment. So they're with the um, Industry Research and Energy Committee and due for a vote within that committee next week. Mm-hmm. So it seems that um, despite actually even some negative legal opinions that have come from within the European Union, they've come from the European Council's legal service, um, which have really recently cast doubt on the the kind of, um, I suppose, legal standing of of these amendments. Um, It seems that the Commission is determined to to press ahead, at least for the time being. So we have this vote scheduled next week. Um, Later on, if if the process does continue, it would go to a plenary vote and then um, to a vote by the European Council. Although, even if it does continue through this process, there are doubts that um, the amendments would be able to secure the qualified majority in the council vote that they need. Fantastic. Okay, and this project will obviously have 
repercussions across the whole of Europe. But just to zoom in on one particular area, I know, Aura, you've been looking at southeastern Europe. How is this going to affect gas markets in the southeast? Um, as Emma just mentioned, the two con- uh, Eastern Europe would be mostly affected if um, Nord Stream were to go ahead. Of course, at this stage, there is still a lot of uncertainty, especially um, in the light of a recent um, letter that was sent by the U.S. Senator John Barroso to um, the Secretary of Treasury, uh, Steve Mnuchin, and urged, along with 30 other um, senators, um, to prevail over uh, European partners to block this project. Um, however, assuming that the project does go ahead, um, I'm assuming that the um, transit of gas through Ukraine is reduced or cancelled, um, the two countries that would most likely suffer um, or be impacted by as a result of the diversion of the um, transit through Nord Stream would be Ukraine um, and Slovakia. Ukraine financially as well as politically. Why financially? Because Ukraine would lose around $2 billion in transit revenue. That would be around 6% of its GDP, annual GDP. Um, Slovakia, I read some figures, would lose around $800 million in transit. Um, So a lot of money. Politically, it would also be a blow to Ukraine. Why? Because so far Ukraine has been of great interest to European partners um, because they needed to guarantee the reliability of the transit through Ukraine. If there is no more interest in the transit of gas through Ukraine, you have to ask yourself why would European partners be so interested in working with the Ukrainians to implement all these legislations that have been implemented so far. So to align the Ukrainian legislation with the European um, um, principles. So these are the the two biggest worries. Of course, there are other worries, military worries as well, but I don't want to go into that. Um, I I assume that there would be some rearrangements of of the uh, the regional dynamics. Possibly one of the European projects that has been mooted so far, which is Brua, Bulgaria, Romania, Hungary, Austria, um, could to a certain extent help um, if this project is if the pipeline if the corridor is extended to Slovakia and it would bring gas imported either via southern Europe or f- uh, producing the Black Sea take it straight to Slovakia um, and in that case it would help Slovakia offset its losses but only partially um, but the other question remains regarding Ukraine um, as well as countries like Romania and um, Bulgaria. And wh- what's the status of that pipeline now? Um, the pipeline uh, is... Uh, there There was an open season, let's put it this way. There, there was an open season on an interconnector linking Romania to Hungary. Um, I would like to remind you and to remind our readers that last year uh, Bulga- uh, Romania and Hungary decided... Um, to change the initial um, the initial um, route of this pipeline. Initially, it was supposed to end up in in Austria, um, but now it will, as as we know it, it will end in Hungary. There are plans to, as I said, to extend it to Slovakia. Um, and as I said, there was an open season on the existing interconnector. 
between Romania and Hungary that will be part of this wider corridor. Um, we don't know who um, got the capacity for the longer period, uh, but it would be an attractive pipeline, as I said, for Black Sea gas, um, for me maybe even Russian gas that will arrive to Eastern Europe from Turk Stream 2, um, or LNG that is imported via Turkey and um, Greece. Okay, well, lots at stake then, both financially and politically. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to add something? Yeah, so I think um, Aura raises a really important point about um, the EU's interest in Ukraine. Um, and I think we should also remember that there's been um, really a huge kind of surge in interest in Ukraine commercially. So, you know, outside of the political dimension, um, when Ukraine stopped buying gas from Russia, um, who stepped in to fill the gap? A lot of, you know, very well-known major names from um, the European gas markets. And um, so those opportunities will still be there. And I think another thing to, to remember is that Ukraine's ability to, to sort of tap into that and continue to encourage trade um, within their borders um, and not just rely on, on transit fees, um, I think will, it will depend on their moving forward with, um, with market reform and um, and I think that's probably also true of some of the neighbouring countries as well. Um, you know, we know that Romania has some long-standing issues with um, sort of transparency and access to to trade. Yes, so there is no transit. Yes, but um, I suppose what I'm saying is that so far nothing has helped. Nord Stream Two. Um, I think just increases the pressure on on these countries to sort of get their act together in terms of of developing their gas markets and having, um, you know, a, a more functioning and an accessible market. Fascinating stuff. Well, thank you very much to both Emma and Aura. That's all for this week. Don't forget you can follow all the latest news uh, on Nord, on Nord Stream and much more at www.isis.com. Thanks for listening.